This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by the Craftsbury Outdoor Center in Craftsbury, Vermont. With the vagaries of weather in the Northeast, big nor'easters or not, Craftsbury will have you covered this season with snow. On those thin snow days, they offer skiing on a man-made loop where two Ks are currently available. Know before you go, if you're not staying at Craftsbury, you will need to make a day-use reservation and rent a bib to access the man-made loop. When snow flies and coverage is good, you can ski through farms, fields, and forests on their 105 kilometers of meticulously groomed trails. Reservations are required for day use of the trail system too. You can find up-to-date information on the Craftsbury Outdoor Center's ski scene at craftsbury.com backslash winter ops. This is Jason Albert, and you're listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. Today, Friday, the new year, January 1st, saw the start of the Tour de Ski in Val Moustère, Switzerland. Light snow, a classic Alp Valley, a burly skate sprint, to start things off on this eight-stage tour that concludes a week from Sunday. There is a lot of racing ahead, so here's the show. How are things there? We're good. We're um, just trying to survive the holidays, buddy. We're, it's been really enjoyable with the kids. and I bet. Had a lot of fun skiing. Today we had like the, the double whammy. Asked Isabel and I went Nordic skiing in the morning and alpine skiing in the afternoon, so big oh, day fun. outside. Yeah, so super fun. She's getting to that age now. She's almost four, so she's uh, so we're doing a lot of fun stuff outside. But it's just been nuking snow in in the Lillehammer area for man. It feels like well, it's over a week for sure. Probably like ten days. So it's probably come down like sixty plus sixty seventy centimeters of snow in the last ten days. Oh, good for you guys. So yeah, so or maybe last week even. So that's been that's been fun. Lots of lots of fun outside, and I finally got out for uh, backcountry skiing which was yeah which was great i see that so i'm looking at the photos now where where, where are we in these we're in romstallen we're in romstallen which is uh, one of the most beautiful places in norway um yeah it's outside of east Fjorden, the mountains just outside of a small small little community called east Fjorden, uh which is on the west coast in yeah the romstall mountains very close to troll wall if people that are keen know about that and it's in the backyard of like Killian Jordan. People know who he is. He he lives in he doesn't live in East Jordan, but he lives in a place called Mondalm that's just really close. So all if, if people that follow Killian Jordan see all his Norway posts, they're all from the mountains that are in that in that area. So it's a beautiful, beautiful place to to hang out. And in true well, it was so it's two pronged. One, really excited to get out, get some air, super fun. Um but Reminded that you little turkeys in North America, especially you in Central Oregon and all my friends that live in the Rockies or west of the Rockies in like the Selkirks and other mountain ranges over that way that just enjoy powder for days and just beautiful blue skies and (laughs) mostly powder without just like nuked snow. So I had great views. It was a beautiful day, soft light. Makes a sudden cloud, snow, nuke to all hell because we live in Norway and she blows at elevation in Norway, hardcore. 
Um, so it was boilerplate, not great turns, but a great, great little adventure. I don't mind. I actually don't mind boilerplate compared to like a foot of cement. No, that's, you know what? That could be, yeah. You know what? I kind of, I think I kind of have to agree. And the worst of all, even though boilerplate, I'm not a big fan. Let's be honest. It's not turns. I mean, it's well, you're trying, but it's mostly just survival skiing when it gets deep enough. But um, breakable crust, that's what I've contended with in the Rockies sometimes in certain aspects, right? And I, yes. I would I, death cookies is what I call it. And I'm glad it wasn't death cookies out there because then, then you really can't turn much. Then it's just like, then it's hold on to your hat and just get down. So, but anyway, it was, it was, it was great. And I'm actually going to sneak out again on, on um, Sunday if all things go well. And that's going to be in a different area, Jotunheimen which I'm sure I'll get some hate mail because people are really strong, um, strong, strong feelings. But quite frankly, I think Jotunheimen is overrated, but it's close to Lillehammer. So I'll go. <laughs> and is it like sort of alpy like this, these photos look, or is it more sort of no. and rounded? No, no, it's also alpy. Like it's, uh, it's pretty steep. I mean, the highest mountains in, in Norway are in Jotunheimen and it's like glaciers and, and quote unquote big peaks or big relief anyway. The peaks aren't that tall. I mean, because we're in Norway, so it's like twenty, yeah, twenty four hundred meters. But the big relief because you're coming from low. But uh, Jotunheimen, man, in the winter, and people can hate on me all they want, but like it's windy, it's cold. The mountains are they're nice, but like they're only nice when you haven't traveled to actual nice mountains. Like uh, like the mountains in in Jotunheimen are pretty, but they're like. I don't know, rock the Rockies divided by three. So so they're like really like jagged and pretty and like glaciers and stuff like that, but it's just kind of in miniature. And then when you've lived in the Rockies for 15 years, like I had, uh, it's just kind of like, well, it reminds me of the Rockies only way shittier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have, I mean, that Kenmore area has such massive relief. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? And all the stuff around there, Assiniboine yeah. and everything up in there is just unbelievable. But so, so I'm, I'm a, I know I'm spoiled. I'm very spoiled. But Romstallen holds a special place in my heart, but it's just a little too far to go for a, for a day trip. I want to run some things by you before we get to the cross-country skiing, because that's what, that's what we're doing. And Yeah, that's where we're here. So, but a few things. Um, so yes, uh, the past two weeks, it's been very good. Lots of snow, lots of light snow for the most part. Um, so I did get out to tour with your friend, Noah Hoffman. Hoffy. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are great photos. Thanks for that. It was good. We went over south of here to Mount Bailey, which is kind of closer to his place down in Southern Oregon currently. And then we skied some, uh, some places up near here where I, I've kind of talked about this yeah. where I, you know, like perused the GPS and the maps. And I was like, dude, I think this is cause it was Cut for here, elevated avalanche risk, high winds, lots of new snow, lots of transport with wind. So I was like, let's yeah. go to this spot. And it was great because uh, my friend who I normally go with does not listen to this podcast. He gets super territorial. I think maybe I told you this. It's like the local surfer. He's like, you can't bring anyone here. No, I know you're no. here, but uh, dude, I, and, you know, I've got some feelings about that kind of attitude, but I, I understand people are territorial. Yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, it's not for yeah, me. Either. It's not for me because I enjoy seeing my friend smile. That's totally. like priceless. Totally. So that said, my friend did come with us. Okay. My my friend who's more local, you know, territorial, but came with Noah and, and his um 
his partner Marg out, and they were it was like a plus. They were so psyched, and it oh, was really so fun. Yeah, it was good. Uh, fast forwarding like maybe three four days, it dumped here, just massive dump. So oh. we went up and kind of dug some pits just to kind of just sort of suss out what was going on with the snowpack. Anyway, went back to this place the next day thinking it's going to be all time and it was like 12 to 16 inches of just like saturated cement not yeah it's the way it is right yeah that's the way it is you you win some you lose some but you know what you have mountains right in your backyard and there'll be better days ahead but i i I, that's the worst though when you have like such high expectations but expectations kill expectations kill yeah, but it, we, it was the skinning. Here's the deal. The skinning was great. So that's Okay, yeah, we, there you go. So it's still a nice day out. There you go. The, all right. But here's something that that's came Norway, up. That's Norway ski touring style for you till, till the spring. And when we talk in the spring, then I'm singing a different tune because Norway really, for people that are listening and in a few years when this whole COVID thing is a little bit more under control and you want to, and you want to go on a ski touring vacation, come to Norway in March, April, May. It'll blow your mind. The ski touring is awesome. But the winter ski touring. Here's my last thing about backcountry skiing. And then we're going to do like a a segue and we can talk. Our segue might be like, if Jesse Diggins were setting a skin track, what might it be like? So evidently Noah, not evidently. I noticed this. A Noah Hoffman skin track is a steep skin track. Oh yeah. I don't want to say straight up, but, but pretty damn close. And he's by, he's failing his guide's exam. Let's be honest. He's failing the God's exam. Probably. Too steep. Well, no, I told him that. I actually said that exactly. I was like, hey, dude, I think you're going to fail the God's exam here. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I said that. But. Perfect. He's like, this is what like tall risers are for. And I, okay, whatever. But that said, at the end of this day, we were in a different part and we we're going to do this uh, tree line again. And we needed to set a new skin track. And it was Noah's turn to set the skin track. And he just. He hammered like he was at the front end of the 50K in Sochi. It was a sight to see. Just gels taped all over his backcountry gear. Like, just like. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. Dude, he just like busted. It, we, my, and my friend, the local territorial guy, he, he, you know, we're not talking Nordic skiing. He, he, you know, Noah maybe had like a US ski team jacket on or something, but we, he has no idea who Noah is. And he's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> And and later on, I was talking to Noah and he did say this, and this is really, I want to circle back to you. And I was like, boy, I'd really like to go to Norway and, you know, uh, get a tour, uh, a guided tour with Devin. He's like, well, I'm just going to warn you. He's like, I would have to work out. I would have to officially train to keep up. Oh, he's with, too kind. Well, he said this. I would have to officially start training again to keep up with Devin skinning. Now, is that true or is he just feeding? Oh, I don't know. It has been. You know what? It probably has. It has been true, but nothing kills your shape. Like, like a four-year-old and a, and a one-year-old. <laughs> All right. But I mean, he was like emphatic about it. And I was trying to wrap my brain around that. I like, I like, I like, we can let the legend hang there. But anyone, anyone that's listening with two young kids and, and it's the holidays too. So like, I'm really, ra- I'm really ragged right now. So, so uh, anyone listening with young kids, you know, anyone that's like a real crusher that has a four-year-old and a one-year-old doesn't spend enough time with their children. That's the reality. <laughs> I just feel like, okay, I'm going to have to, 
hopefully at some point I'll maybe you need to have another couple kids and then I'll show up in Norway no no man just come now I'm, if you want to come you come like in the next few years like I feel like I'm really in the thick of it like it's just like Christmas that's oh, true. Christmas that's true Christmas vacation amazing for so many levels and just exhausting on all the level on, yeah. all, on all the levels eat drink kids <laughs> yeah eat drink kids physical activity for yourself oof it's uh, low Okay, this is our crude segue. Not, not low. Yeah, this is the our crude segue. segue would be not like, low. I think Jesse Diggins would be setting a steep skin track. I'm just saying. Oh, that yeah. said, oh, for sure let's get would. to the sprint. It'd be like music and sparkles. And, oh, yeah, the sparkles. And the whole deal. Forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, the tour started today. The tour started today. The tour, the tour did start. And I actually, uh, it was really fun to see like a cool, uh, you know, an Alp village snowing winter and a, and a great course so can you talk a little bit about the course first oh yeah it is a great course and a classic course well here's the thing with val mustaire it, it's a it's a two-lapper and it's a little on the long side uh in time but the real kicker is the altitude and usually athletes are quite prepared for for a day like today in val mustaire but because of the coronavirus keeping people at home and that sort of thing you know, is a real question mark to see who is going to show up prepared. I mean, here's a little bit of trivia for you. Kristen Stormer Styra. Never heard of her. Never heard of her either. But I've had it on good accord. She has been in the final of that sprint. So that's all you need to know really? about it. That's all you need to know about how hard the Valmu Stair sprint is. Because you can go to her FIS profile. Sorry, honey. You're a great, you're a great skier. Sprinting wasn't your strength, but if you go to about just under 1800 meters, I think the stadium in Valmy Stair is about 17, I think it's about 1730 or something. And, and you do two laps on a fairly, not at the, the start of Valmy Stair is like fairly punishing because it's a lot of work up to the top of the course. And then you kind of cruise down with some corners and stuff and we'll, we can get into that. And then it's two laps of that. Uh, yeah, no, Kristen Stormestyra raced into the finals of a sprint, which is pretty wild. Because, are you looking that up? I'm trying to. No, look you can it up. look it up. I don't need to look it up. I know it. I know. I, I know I you there. do, but I'm curious. I wanna. <laughs> I wanna. There so, she is. She's 39. Yeah. Born in 1981. Yeah. By the yeah. way, just a heads up. On her fist profile, it says marital status in a relationship. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's, I'm Canadian. I'm an in. I'm a. I'm a. I'm, a, I'm a, not a refugee, but I'm a. I'm an immigrant, and in Norwegians, they yeah. They're pretty homogeneous bunch, so that's fair. All right, I'm just um, I'm just typing in yeah, here. But Val, Val type it in. She's been in the final, so it's a punishing course, and it's at high altitude, so it favors it favors athletes with a with a good capacity, and I think we saw that today. Um, although although for the men's side, we'll get into that. But um, and look, we, before we get right into it, how how great was it to see the Swedes back for the for the women? Because the men are forgettable, but for the women, awesome. Fantastic! Thank God, because you know it's great to see yeah. the Swedes, and that makes that makes Diggins and and Rosie's day all the more exciting, which we'll come back to. That's right. Because because the, right. the fact of the matter is, the Swedish women are the best women in the world on the sprint side, and it's no question. And it was great to see them back in action, and they threw down Lin Swan. You know, another victory for the account. They did throw down. Another victory for the account, and in a tough course like like we talked about back in Ruka, I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed with her, with her capacity these days now, because that is a hard course, and the way she was able to win the race today it was just like we'll get back to it. But it was, it was, she just took control. I mean, she skied like a total, 
total veteran and she's not. Yeah, that's what's amazing. You're right. I mean, she is a vet now. And I think this is, gosh, it, it the time warp. Uh, last year was her first year, like full-time World Cup. Is that right? Yeah, that is first right. year senior last year. And it is strange. Like now you think, oh my gosh, she's a vet. like to me. It's like, oh yeah, there's fun. No, and she is so not, and she is so not. She had four victories before this, before today's victory, which which is a ton. I mean, for a 21 year old, it's very, it's a really a ton. But but she's uh, she's a champ. Okay, before. We're going to get, can we, can I interrupt for one second? Please. Just before, because we're going to get so deep into this day of racing. I'm a little fixated on the final. Here we are. Actually, what was the format? We're here we are. Let's set the scene, dude. 2013, Kristen Stormastara, she came in fifth overall. I'm going to run through the list of people. It's pretty stout, okay? Yeah. A little known American named Keegan Randall came in first. Yeah. Ingvild Flugstad Osberg, second. She's been around a while. Heidi Vang, third. Hannah Kolb, fourth. The Norwegian in fifth, killing it. Yeah, Kristen, in a sprint. So there's a- In a sprint, Charlotte Kala, sixth. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. No, it was, it was a huge, I was, it was amazing to see her do it. I mean, like, uh, yeah. That was uh, quite quite the quite the performance for for someone that is not known for sprinting. She's won the final. She's she's won the final climb of the tour. So that 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 should tell you all you need to know about her sprinting prowess. Well, here's here's something else notable. Liz Stephen, twenty fifth. Yeah, qualifying. There you go. That also says something. Liz, we love you, but sprinting has never been your strong suit either. So that that just goes to show when you put a sprint, little on the long side, a lot of work, and at altitude. Um, surprises can happen today. Not a whole lot of surprises on today's today's race, I must say, except for one big one in the final. Before we go right into it, again, the American women. I know I just sing the praises all day. I mean, the Swedish women they were the they were the team of the day, and and no one can argue that. I mean, they come away with the victory too, so um, they were fantastic. But the American women again putting a lot of girls, a lot of women in the in the top thirty, and like swearable man, I'm telling you. I know, dude. She's for real. She's, she, she's for real, and the way she skied, oh, and so close to that, um, to moving through. There was a couple heartbreakers for American ski fans today. Uh, she was one of them, definitely for for moving through. And but she's skiing great, and again, just uh, she, what what a season she's having. It's awesome. You know, there's so many. It's just been such a raunch season with all the like with coronavirus all the stress everything no kitro no training camps for anybody people are going not going like and and Haley swerble is wow i've got nothing but i'm singing nothing but praises it was uh another great day for her and and also for the whole team i mean the american team putting everybody in diggins got a little lucky there to to get a podium because of a crash because there's three girls that were away but uh you got to be good to be lucky and she skied great and back on the podium uh and can we say something about Diggins descending? Nobody was a better descender today than Jesse Diggins. You see her in her semifinal. She was like, she was dropped. She was dropped. And she skied herself back onto the tails by descending like a total boss. And there's not many women in the World Cup that can descend like Diggins. And that was on full display. It actually reminded me of another great descender probably the best descender I've ever seen in, in world cup skiing on the women's side. And that's Chandra, Chandra Crawford. 
the Olympic the Olympic champion in two thousand six. Like nobody could crush a downhill like Chandra. And and starter of Fast and Female or founder of Fast and Female. Start yeah, founder of Fast and Female. Done a lot of great things for women in sport and was was an absolute beast of a sprinter. But uh, regardless, Jesse Diggins downhill, awesome. So was- yeah, so I want to flush that out a little bit for people who are like you know, okay, what does that mean? You know, downhill cross-country skiing. I mean, it's not as if, um, well, yeah, I guess my question is, can you flesh out a little bit for people what makes her such an effective, efficient, aggressive uh, downhiller and able to cover ground faster? Yeah, one thing that was on display today especially was because she wasn't right on the tails of the girls um, that were ahead of her. There was space. She was, like I said, she was dropped. That's being a little bit dramatic but she was not with she wasn't where you'd want to be (laughs) in a sprint there was a little too much distance but when you have that distance between you and the group ahead of you i don't know if you notice it's pretty subtle but jesse really digs over the over the tops of the hills so into the descent she's bringing a lot more speed than that group was ahead of her that's one thing two she skis a much more aggressive line through the corners and three out of that corner, like through those like whoop de whoops or those little humps that you guys were seeing today. Notice people are sitting in a tuck because it's hard. It's two loops. Like I said, it's long. What's Diggins doing? She's working that downhill, man. She's working it. She's seeking speed. She's in a low tuck. And when she's not in a low tuck, she's in a really low free skate, making time on everybody. And then by the corner, boom, she's right there. Diggins is there again. And, and yeah, it was skiing the corners beautifully. So that, that's what I that's what I look for and and it, it's really on display with Diggins because week in week out she she just descends better than a lot of the other women in the World Cup I mean in my in my humble opinion I think she's the best descender on the World Cup circuit especially on skate skis and when we talk about and skis and stuff your legs are shattered so so go find if you're working in an office no one's working anywhere everyone's working from home in their pajamas or if or boxers I mean what, what's the point of even putting pajamas on like no one can see you in the zoom meeting you don't even need pants but um if you had stairs or a a steep hill just like chuck a weight vest on and sprint up it as fast as you can go and then see how your legs feel after like a minute or so and then imagine you have skis that are about 40 four centimeters wide or so and without any edges that weigh nothing and go down a hill that has been like bermed out with some ice in it and see if you can stand on your feet. I mean, it's, it's not easy to ski downhills like Jesse was skiing today. And, uh, so I was, I was really impressed and coming away with a podium. I mean, that is awesome. To start the tour with the podium, uh, world cup podium, no matter how it happens. And we'll get into that in a second, but, uh, no matter how it happens, huge accomplishment, Rosie Brennan, ladies and gentlemen, the form it's still top notch. In the final, I mean, they want to talk about like sprinters. I mean, like, I mean, I'm joking around about my wife not being a sprinter. Um, and she really, she really isn't, but, um, or wasn't, um, none of us are anything now except tired, but, um, but, uh, Rosie, you know, she won in Davos and yeah, which was amazing, which was awesome on the qualifier, everything. But today, you know, the Swedes are back. The Finns are back. There's some good Finns too. doesn't matter. Rosie's back in the final put down a really great day and looks good for the, for the races that are to come. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that excitement. So yeah, yeah, qualified in fifth, finished fifth, great day by Rosie. Um, So all the American fans out there have a lot to cheer about. 
The reason why I, I'm not putting any asterisks is there's never an asterisk. You gotta keep black side down to to, to get to get a podium. But Fenric, you texted me about the Pelties. They were running hot today again. Uh, yeah, man, the Pelties. It, it, I thought oh, for yeah. sure I was like another podium. Oh, it was it was for sure another podium. And she fell, uh, which was really sad to see. You know, like she's not from Valmistir, of course, but she's from Switzerland, and she was having just a banner of a day. So I, what I was saying. Yeah, what I was saying is I didn't want to sound facetious or like I didn't want to undermine how great a day it was for Diggins to be back on the podium because it's amazing to be on the podium. Like we were talking about, she descends so well. It's not it's not a for sure she wouldn't have been able to descend her way back into the mix. But the reality is, late in the race, at the top of the course, there was quite a bit of snow between the top three girls and Jesse, who is fourth. And... And that was Linsvon, Lampich, and of course Fenrik, Nadine Fenrik, the um, the Swiss athlete, the hometown favorite, although not from Valmistair. So that, that's Dario Colonia's hometown. But um, but the reality the reality of it was is they were away, and that was going to be the podium, barring some crazy thing happening. And you know what? A crazy thing did happen, and Fenrik goes down on the one dangerous uh, there's two fairly dangerous corners on the course that get kind of bermed up the the last corner coming into the to the sprint finish and then and then the one where where Fenric went down and and I yeah it was, yeah do you want to talk about that fall because she did if I yeah, were- I want to talk about this fall I really want to talk about this fall because like I do not understand how Lampich is getting DQ'd for this like this makes no sense to me what they were saying while I was watching it live is that like that uh, she would, that she was getting relegated because of the fall that Fenric experienced. And if that's the case, that's, that's, that's ridiculous <laughs> because like, like she didn't do anything. No, no. And even if she did Clippers, have you watched every single men's sprint of the last since sprint started? I mean, it wasn't aggressive at all. You know, like uh, it's, I don't know. I, 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 well, it just seemed like she cut and yeah. If she was relegated for for the for the for for the Fenric crash. That's ridiculous, personally, and I'll go on the record to say that because, like, honestly, there was nothing sketchy about that. Like, it almost looked like Fenric crashes on her own, and she doesn't. She clips the skis, of course, a little bit, but but on it, okay, you you don't think he, she clipped so, her? No, she does. Yeah, cat. she does clip the tails, but but still. The fact of the matter is you're moving really fast into a tight right-hand corner. I don't know. No, they're skiing too close. Like that that's a race incident as far as I'm concerned. And and I felt bad for Lampet. She had a great she she raced great. I mean, that's how you have to that's how you want to race in sprints and she ended up second. It was a and those are the two heavy hitters from last year too. Remember we talked a lot about Lampet and Lens Vaughn battling for the globe last year and they're both in great form. And I asked, it was too bad that she gets relegated to six. She has another chance. So then um, this probably will just fuel the fire. She's a great classic skier too. So tomorrow, maybe she can do something in the distance race. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. One last thing. One last thing. Anyone, a- anyone for the women, anyone following the tour to ski and is like, I wonder how Frida Carlson's going to do. <laughs> when, Frida, when, Frida Carlson, when Frida Carlson finishes, when Frida Carlson finishes fourth, but then gets moved up to third while Diggins finished third and moves up to second because of the relegation. Um, Frida Carlson in, in the final and coming third, (laughs) 
looks pretty good for the overall. No, no, you know it's you know it's not over is is Eba. Eba Anderson is just a total champ. But I've never seen Frieda Carlson. I mean, you never really know. I mean, you got to think Frieda Carlson's going to be pretty darn good up that last climb. For sure. But for sure. But I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I think I, th- this is what makes it sort of that you know I feel like a few of the unknowns. It seems like Jesse Diggins is you know feeling good. And obviously Rosie Brennan, right? Who's traditionally been thought of as a distance skier. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But that last climb, Jason, isn't skiing. That's the thing. The final climb is not skiing. And if you think, if you go back and you look at like Ingveld, Flukstad Osberg, who is a great skier, a huge capacity, that final climb compared to Terezi Ohug, forget it. Forget it. Not even within a minute. So, so for, for athletes, it, but who knows how Frida Carlson is going to do? She's young. She's never been in this position before. And it's day one. Who knows? Right. She might crash and burn after three days. And she has days. to sustain herself know? for seven more races. That's a long time. Yeah, exactly. Exa- that's exactly it. Exactly. But if you were going to have the final climb tomorrow, I mean, anyone on the field other than Ebba is going to need pff, over a minute really? on Frida really? Carlson. I'm, I'm saying wow, it dude. now. That's oh, yeah. You, yeah. You need over a minute. Yeah. You need over a minute if you want to beat Frieda Carlson in the Tour de Ski. Unless you're Ebba. Unless you're Ebba Anderson, who's also good in the final climb. So Brennan. I don't know. Yeah. I think she's going to... Dude, it, it's not skiing, though, man. It's not. like I, I, It's just like... I mean, Alex, Alex, one of the best... When he's in shape, Alex is the best skater out there. And and Alex just can't climb that hill to save his life. What kind of skin Petter, track does Petter, he set? Petter, yeah, I don't know. But he back he backcountry skis up. Um, he's got backcountry gear now. He's been down to the Shake Shocks and he's uh, goes up Mont Saint Anne and stuff. But um, Petter Nortug, best skier of my generation, Pfft, a dumpster fire up that last climb. So I mean, it's uh, we're gonna get to yeah. him at the end of the show. But let's move on to the guys because you know what, honestly, and it, there's there's a couple things that happen with the guys. We're gonna start with the Americans. Yeah. Oh, Bolger, buddy. That was such a bummer. Seeing that out of the start. So we got to say that right away. Great to qualify. Great that you're in the mix again. Um, yeah. Crashing out of the start like that. My heart, my heart breaks for you. That was tough. He's one of the, like I said, like you, I feel like I want to root for Kevin. Oh yeah. I I root for Kevin big time. Like unabashedly. I am a huge fan. Yeah. So that was, but, but take the positives, hard course makes into the heats again. It's been a good run so far. So that was uh, this, this season. So that, that was, it bodes well. Um, but that was tough to see. Yeah, that's just the worst place to crash. Um, Simi, amazing qualifier. I mean, that's what you expect at altitude. Skiing really beautifully too. Skiing really beautifully. Um, technically really solid, but just, you know what? Missing that little bit of capacity just wasn't strong enough. And, and when you're holding on to that lucky loser spot, and it doesn't go your way. Of course, it's heartbreaking. But if you really want to make sure you move through, you're not a lucky loser, right? You, you're top two in your heat, and you just wasn't quite. You ran out of steam in that last, in the finishing stretch. You ran out of steam, and that finishing stretch is a little deceiving because it's gradual uphill, and it really bites after a long, hard course at altitude like that. So you know, coming out of the corner, I thought Simi was like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be no problem for Sim." Then, I, then as he was going, I'm like, "Oh man, I remember the Mister finishing stretch so well." And Oof. Yeah, no, you can see him start stiffening up and, and that was it. But he was so close to moving on to the lucky loser spot. And the way he was skiing, it would have been really fun to see him in the semis because it would have been, I mean, at worst, another top 10. And you never know what happens um, after that. Oscar Svensson into the semis. That was good to see. 
because the Swedish men are still a complete dumpster fire of garbage. I've used dumpster fire, and this is the third time I've said it now in the last minute, but Jesus. Uh, Callie Halverson qualified and was like out and was out there skiing, like, I don't know, zone one. Uh, what happened there? Callie, you're good. He maybe he's saving himself. Maybe. I hope so. You are good. Callie is good. So it was good to see him back racing, but uh, that was a horrible quarterfinal, and the Swedish men are still a huge disappointment. Um, then the real race, Pellegrino, uh, with, without, the, without the Norwegian, his third win in a row, hat, it's the hat trick. And without the Norwegian sprinters there, who are the best in the world by far uh, for the men, uh, it's, it's in, in skate sprinting, Pellegrino, I mean, he made, he made that look easy. And the way he did by skiing away from Bolshinov the way he did in that final, that was impressive. That was crazy impressive because Bolsh- this is a great course from Bolshinov too, who I know he's a solid sprinter. He's more than solid. He's a good sprinter most of the time. But on a course like that, that's a course that's like tailor-made for Bolshinov almost. Long, at altitude, and difficult. Uh, and yet Pellegrino just played with him and ended up winning in a, an amazing style. Shavana, Shanava. I know, right? we, we'll Shanava, one of these days. Uh, but great to see him. But great to see him back in the final. He's a beautiful skier. Anyone that wants to see just really solid, beautiful one skate um, or double dance for Norwegian. I forget what it is for for. Well, I always forget from the American. Is it V one? Uh, d- when you when you pole each time. V two. V two. Yeah, if you want to see great V two skiing, Shanava is uh, is his textbook. And great to see him in the final. And of course, Juve, he's been solid too. So, I mean, the, the sprinters on the podium in the men's side were, were, were usual suspects when the best sprint team in the world is missing. And on the men's side too, I mean, again, like it, it is cool that you have really, it's really because I've said it over and over, it's really Russia versus Norway. And that's what men's skiing has been the last few years. And when you take Norway away, there's a lot of Russians all over the place up near the top, but they are skiing well. Gleb skied well again. Yep. Um, and Bolshinov looks like it's this is just going to be like, you might as well give him the trophy now. I mean, it's t- tomorrow it's going to be ridiculous how, how much you just, yeah, anyway. A mass start classic race, like, pff, yeah. But a- anyways, he, he looks good. He looks good, and he, he has the overall globe from last year when everyone was racing. So it doesn't matter. Bolshinov is the best skier in the world, and he has been for a year and a half now. So, um, yeah, But he looked really good today. And aside from that, I did nothing else really stuck out with me, honestly, in the men's. I, I, I wasn't really that – I didn't find it that ex- – uh, James Klugnit was skied well in qualification. So I think that was pretty cool to see him yep, qualify. Came in 16th. Yeah. Yeah. Qualified um, fifth and came in 16th overall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the qualification was really strong on t- such a tough course. That's a big step for him. Uh, but other than that, honestly, like I, I, I found the women's competition really exciting to watch and, and follow along. And the men's, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me today. It was just, I don't know. It was just kind of boring. Yeah. I like watching Pellegrino, right? I mean, he just, he's explosive and yeah. So oh no, he's make- great, and the way he did. Sorry, sorry, I should say. Sorry, I should say till True. the till the right. final. The final was fireworks. The final was no matter who's in there. If you don't need a bunch of Norwegian suits all in there to make it good. Um, the way the way I should yeah. I, I'll thank you for calling me on that. The final was fireworks. No, no. I mean, you already saying his praise a little bit. Yeah. But no, but but the it. final was really exciting in the sense that like it was going to be interesting to see if Bolshinov was just going to do that diesel long drag to win it. And the fact of the matter is it's Pellegrino that like skis 
skis uh, Bolshinov off his tails, or like not in the last fifty meters, but early like that. That was that was impressive. It was it was that was actually really exciting. But the quarterfinals, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why it was today. It was kind of strange. Like, uh, yeah, it's the post holiday hangover. Yeah, maybe it's just maybe. It's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just too, again just too tired, man. I'm just I need like so I need like major action. And it also is, I mean, I look at these things and, and it's sort of stepping stone, you know, half the story when you're writing, it's like, okay, sure, it's the first race, but what's the pattern set for the rest of the week? You know, who are the distance skiers? Yeah, and exactly. I think that exactly, you're absolutely right. That's a, that's a good call. And and that's what I noticed today. I mean, you had guys like Yakamushkin, Meloshenko, like these guys are good distance skiers and they were, they were in the mix um today in the sprint which is always scary for anyone that's wants their overall dario colonia coming ninth i mean go back and look at his sprinting the last few years and for him to qualify in the top 10 after the start of the season he had that that's dangerous that that could be exciting what's your stance on but he didn't look good in the quarterfinal but he didn't look good in his quarterfinal so i actually look pretty good to the last 100 meters but still but still so it'd be interesting he's been struggling with the calf injury for for years and years and years and so tomorrow's classic race like oof. 34 yeah 34 and he's just won everything I mean, i'm surprised he can hold his motivation up i mean there's she's just such a I, I talked about petter being being the best of a generation but tario is a, an absolute yeah of course he's a legend but i mean he's yeah it, i'm impressed well thoughts on the dario fa- fan club they're well traveled they're like <laughs> Oh, they are very well traveled. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to think of of like again. It's just been, my brain's not functioning properly. But you know, the sports fans that go everywhere, right? It's like, oh yeah, they love. Yeah, them. love them totally. And but 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 Val Mustair, that's his home. That's where he grew right. up. I mean, it's pretty cool. The stadium, like his house, his family house that he grew up in, is like a couple hundred meters from that stadium. That's really cool. So it's really, really. But they're out there with the big bells and the t-shirts. It, oh, they're so big bells. You know. Oh. I wonder how their hearing has been. There's somebody should do a study of their hearing uh, over the over Dario's career. They're probably all hoping Dario retires so their hearing isn't damaged for life. <laughs> so my my last observation on the on the guy side is that you know, and you and you mentioned this. It's like okay, you know, handed over to Bolshinov already. Um, when you do scroll down and you look at this, the list of skiers, I mean, I, I'm just like Musgrave caught, caught my eye. I mean, he obviously can. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's, you know, there are not going to be, well, maybe, maybe there'll be some sort of outlier here that, that I'm not picking up on. And maybe it's another Russian skier. Um, but yeah, who can even come close to him? No, no, no one's going to come close to Bolshinov unless there's this, like he gets sick or, like a catas- catastrophe with skis or something. Um, and you know what? It's going to be Russia one through five. It seems like it. Yeah. But also too, as, as, as much as people can say like, Oh, boring. No, no, it's not. Because when you take away all the Norwegians, it's expected. Of course it's Russia one through five. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, look through the last couple of years. I mean, in the top 10 or the top 15, Start adding up the other flags in distance skiing, and it's, there's not many other flags represented. So this is to be expected. But but Bolshinov, um, even against his Russian uh, contemporaries, his, his teammates, there's no. Yeah, he's the best in the world. He's the best skier in the world. 
So, and this, I may have, I, I know I missed this. And I kept on looking for his name this morning when I was like, oh yeah, the Finns are, are around. Yeah, um, Evo's not there. Yeah, Evo's not there. And so what's, what's I mean, is that more of just like conserving himself for what he perceives as more important uh, races, you know, world champs and so forth? Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what his, what he feels of the uh, COVID situation. I mean, the Norwegians are obviously extremely careful with this and taking this extremely seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, Klebo, for example, is like wacky serious about the coronavirus. Like he's like freaked right out. Um, you know, even talking about that, like he's not sure that he would even race world championships if, if things don't look better. I mean, so he hasn't said he's not racing world championships just for the record, but he has been on the record saying like, I'm, I can't confirm I will be at world championships during this pandemic. So he is like very worried about coronavirus and maybe Evo is the same. I mean, I haven't been following Finnish media, but, um, it, it, he, but, but he could be, but he could also be in this, a similar boat as, uh, as, um, Claybo just taking it super, super seriously. He doesn't want to take a single chance. And again, like you can say what you want, but everyone's entitled to their own opinion and when it's their career and their name and the results list and their career and their their future, I mean, we all just got to support people making the decisions that they want. But it is too bad not to see Evo, especially for the race tomorrow. You know, a classic race uh, against Bolshinov in shape. I mean, with no Norwegians there, Evo Niskanen has been the guy that, that is also mixing it up. I mean, the 50K Olympic champion in, in Pyeongchang is, uh, will be sorely missed. Okay. In closing here, because we have lots of racing left in this week. It, 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 so Yeah, not all of them will be this long, just for the listeners, so don't get <laughs> is, uh We've got a lot of racing to You cover. mentioned, you know, like a racer of his generation, a generational racer, Petter Nortuk. So he has, has uh, yeah, broken the law again, like maybe a month and a half ago, I believe, where... Uh, more than that. No, more than that. Long time in it. Yeah, yeah, in the summer. Oh, it was over the summer. Okay, but he was, like but he was just, but he was just, just his court, his court case. case. I mean, he was, he was sentenced recent, like within the past couple of weeks. Yes, yes, and exactly. numerous months in prison is what I'm gathering. So, can you? Yeah, seven okay. months. And seven months for, I believe, a cocaine possession. Correct. Yes, cocaine possession. Five grams of coke. He had a possession. He was driving way too fast and filming it while he was doing okay. it and com- and commentating like belittling the people he was passing as he him and his jaguar was going over 200 kilometers an hour blowing past people in norway that's not a good deal don't do that yeah it's not a good deal anywhere <laughs> um, <laughs> really, but, no, no it's yeah. not it's not it's not a good deal anywhere and when you're filming it yeah. as well and then the police got caught so so not only are you speeding uh, like ridiculously fast, but you're also using your mobile phone at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, drugs. I mean, he, he, he had possession of, um, um, benzos, uh, MDMA or ecstasy and, uh, cocaine. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, it is sad to see. It's, it's sad to see. It's sad to see because he, he's already been, because he's already been involved in a, in a drunk driving charge where he r- rode off an A7, Audi A7. Yeah, he got in, he crashed it. He ran away from the scene. Yeah, and, and he, 
yeah, he ran away from the scene and left his buddy with a broken collarbone. Like, it's not good. And, you know, he really did. I mean, he came back and, and won four gold medals famously in, in the World Championships in Falun after that. And really, you know, the Norwegian public fell, well, man, they, they never weren't in love with Petter Nortug. Um, but, you know, it really seemed like he'd learned his lesson and that sort of thing. But but um, it's hard. It's hard to see. It's hard to see uh, such a great champion uh, struggle like this. But but uh, the other side of the coin is that what people don't really understand because it seems strange that a Nordic skier, it's like what like what, Mick Jagger or like Keith Richards. Yeah, of course, of course they're doing cocaine, <laughs> like driving Jaguars two hundred kilometers an hour and getting busted and spending time in jail. Like yeah, okay, a rock star. Yeah, makes sense. A Nordic or even even like an NBA star or or a football, a soccer, a soccer star, European soccer star. Okay. Get it. A Nordic skier. It just seems really strange, but Petter is, has never been your run of the mill Nordic skier. And, and I mean, he really changed the sport in such a dramatic way. And the, the sport of cross country skiing has never seen a Petter Nordic before or since, uh, yeah, or, or since. So, so he just, he has, he has that, he has that appeal and he's, he is a rock star. I mean, he's about as close to a rock star as you can get. And he's the most famous um, Norwegian athlete. And they've had a lot. They have a long list of great athletes that, that are serious beasts and champions. But Petter Nortug reigns supreme. What does that look like for him? You know, seven months in jail. Is that actually he'll serve seven months in jail? That's to be determined. It- that, that's to be determined if he's like that. That hasn't been released yet. Uh, whether he'll spend, but if he does spend seven months in jail, it'll be like in a minimum security prison. And I don't know. I, okay, and that was my other I, question. I, like, what's it look like? Oh, have you seen? Well, it looks like a hotel. It looks like a Scandic. I mean, have you seen some of the uh, documentaries that show like the inside of Norwegian jails? It's hilarious. <laughs> They're especially minimum, especially like minimum security. Well, that's I, yeah. I was like, we're not talking Sing Sing, okay? No, 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 no. We're not going to Saint Quentin. No way. So it's um, it wouldn't be that big a deal, honestly, for him, other than the fact that you are locked up uh, for for seven for seven months, even if it's in a Scandic hotel. It's not an actual Scandic, but it's like uh, um, it, it's, it's yeah. Like I said, you can it's go Norway. on YouTube. Like yeah, it's Nor- no, but Norwegian jail is like famously hilariously. I think Michael Moore, uh, for for people that are <laughs> familiar with him, uh, did. Has he done a documentary on this? Yeah, no, he did. He did do some some sort of documentaries on, or like a, a piece on on the region jail. So you can find that on YouTube, I'm sure. But um, there's that, or you might be just wearing like in house arrest. You know what I mean? Like wearing an ankle and that sort of thing. But that hasn't been determined as yet. So he had he did that already when he had his drunk driving charge. Um, so he he did he didn't have he didn't end up in jail, um, which which was a bit of a not a surprise, but he could have ended up in jail, but the judge gave him an anklet to wear. Um, so and with a curfew and that sort of thing. So, but I, so the fact that it's his second offense, it's, it's hard to know. But I mean, it's hard to believe it. But who knows? Well, I'll let you know. I won't comment anymore on that yeah, like, nor- like normal people because i know like driving under the influence is a very serious transgression in norway it's a huge it's 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 a huge deal in norway most people's most people go to jail yeah most people go to jail and clearly and no one was hurt it sounds like no no one was hurt no absolutely okay. nobody was hurt no and 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 the fact the biggest thing when we talked i don't know if we talked about it on a podcast before but the, the biggest thing was like it was reported that he was high on cocaine as he was driving. Yes, and, I remember and he that. and he vehemently denied that. So, 
So that was... Um, but they like brought him to the hospital right away, as I recall. Yeah, no, but they do this. They do like I the on-site test. Them. They do the on-site test and it was positive. Um, the saliva test. But then, but then the blood test came back negative. And then he said in his press conference that the night before he was partying with cocaine. Uh, and taking cocaine. So he's like, I was, I, I, but, but I was not high while driving to a children's ski school, summer ski school in Treesdale. That's where he was headed. It's a bummer to bummer to have that happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and Petter is obviously like really struggling with his life. Like rock stars have struggled with their life. Like sports stars have struggled with their life uh, it, through retirement. And it, it's really sad to see. And I hope now, they are saying he's getting the help he needs, and uh, you know I wish him the best. I love Petter's a he's an interesting he's an interesting figure, that's for sure. And you don't wish ill on anyone. Right. So okay, well, happy New Year. Have a good evening. It's getting late in Norway. Yeah, happy okay. New Year. We'll we'll chat tomorrow for sure. We'll chat tomorrow. Get take care. Thanks for listening, and here is to a much better New Year.